Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. This week, I heard of yet another friend of mine whose family has fallen apart. The dad has moved out of the home. He's taken off his wedding ring. The mom has drawn a line in the sand and said that she's sick of past behaviors and unwilling to forgive. The kids have fallen apart because of what's been going on in their home. And it made me furious. Furious because the enemy is winning in yet another home. Here in the United States, we've turned into a society that goes to great lengths to protect ourselves from outside intruders. Things like ring doorbells or Arlo security cameras are found on store shelves all over the place. With just the click of an app, we can view our home from anywhere in the world and make sure that no unwanted intruders are coming in. We're guilty of doing the same thing in our home. We have security cameras And we take the liberty to look in and see what's happening when we're not home. My husband and I live in one of the safest neighborhoods in our area. It's not gated, but it's just known in our community for being a family-friendly, safe neighborhood. Recently, that's changed. And now there are several homes in the area which people talk about and are rumored to be doing illegal activity on the inside. And as expected, the neighborhood is furious. There's an intruder in the neighborhood attempting to take away our feeling of safety. When an infection invades our bodies, we take action. We see a doctor, we get medicine, we do whatever we can do to combat that infection. So if we're so willing to take the safety of our property and the health of our body seriously, why are we unwilling to take the enemy seriously? when it comes to him invading our marriages. He wants a foothold in our families. He wants a foothold in your marriage. If you're in the middle of praying for marriage restoration, I know how difficult these days are. I watched my mom go through it, and I walk alongside thousands of people that are going through this journey. When my mom went through it, I thought she had lost her mind. I couldn't understand why she wanted the chaos back in our house. I couldn't understand why she was so willing to forgive and to turn the other cheek. But eventually I did understand why she was willing to forgive. Because we have been forgiven, we can offer that forgiveness to other people. My mom realized that an intruder had come into her home and she was ready to battle that enemy. Hebrews 3.1 says that we need to fix our thoughts on Jesus. So let me ask you, what are you focused on today? Where are your thoughts going today? One winter, I was traveling home from Ohio to Florida. We had been at the hospital. My daughter had surgery. She was ready to get home. And we had already had to make a detour on the way home because my other daughter who was traveling with us had gotten food poisoning. So we woke up early one morning and the goal was to make it home that night because we were just two days away from Christmas and we wanted to get back under our roof. As we started out that morning, the fog was very heavy and it seemed the further we went, the worse it got. I would have to say it was one of the most terrifying moments of my life or rather 
hours of my life because it went on for a couple of hours. But the road I was on was such that I could not even see the side of the road. So there was no safe place to pull off. I had to just keep going and keep my eyes focused on the car in front of me. The fog came, the rain came on top of it, and it was impossible to see. All I could do was look at that car. Every turn, every corner through these mountain roads, I would just keep looking at that light to guide me. You may feel like that today. It may feel like you are going 100 miles an hour in a direction that is uncertain. It may feel like the only thing you could focus on right now is the light of Jesus. And that's the only thing you need to be focused on. There were so many distractions for me that day when I was driving I held on to the steering wheel, praying that God would just help me stay on the path that I needed to be on. And he did. He was faithful. But right now, as you're going through this situation in your life, these marriage problems, this problem after your restoration, this divorce, the separation, whatever it is, you need to stay focused on Jesus And not forget the intruder who's trying to come in and wreak havoc in your home. I understand when our hearts are heavy that we want to pull away from that light. We want to pull away from Jesus. Sometimes we're just too overwhelmed to get in the word. When I'm overwhelmed, I don't feel like praising. I don't feel like spending time in the Bible. I don't feel like spending time alone with God. I would rather, honestly, spend time fretting and worrying because that is where my nature goes. When our heart is heavy, though, we can choose to praise. And when we're feeling defeated, we can choose to pray. And when we're feeling like the world is closing in on us, we can choose to battle the enemy for our families. I'm sick of hearing about families that are falling apart because of the intruder who has come in. I'm sick of it. And I want you to be so sick of it also that you're willing to do something about it. Jesus knows the rejection you're feeling. He felt the same rejection. We don't have to let feelings of rejection invade our life. El Roy is the God who sees, and he sees you today. He knows what you're going through. He sees the future. He knows what you're going to face tomorrow. And today I'm begging you to just reach out to him and trust him with your tomorrow. John fourteen twenty seven is one of my favorite verses. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You guys, the world has peace that it wants to offer to you. It is offering our kids a peace through drugs, through alcohol, through promiscuity. The world does not have peace. The world has problems. Jesus is the source of our peace. And when you're feeling like the world is caving in on you, run to that light. Run to that source of peace. When you're thinking about the word peace, one of the scriptures that probably comes to your mind is from Galatians, where it talks about the fruit of the spirit. And let me read it to you. It's Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I love to garden, but I'm not great at it. But I enjoy spending time in my yard and planting annuals and then praying that they live long enough to see me through a season so my husband doesn't get mad that I burned up $50 in flowers in just a few weeks. But when I plant flowers, I don't just pop them in the ground and hope for the best. I depend on nutrients to help them grow. They'll get fertilizer, water, sunlight, whatever's necessary to make that plant grow. We cannot create the fruit of the Spirit in our own power. When I read about love and joy and peace and kindness, I cannot muster those things up on my own. There's nothing I can do in my own power to show enough of that. The nutrients that come from those things need to come from God. And they can only come from God when we are in tune with him and leaning into him. Let him give you those character qualities. Use those qualities that he will give you to show your spouse a changed person. I don't care what you've been through in your marriage or what led to the situation that you are in today, but every single person listening to this has to take some ownership in this situation. You have to. None of us are without fault. Even if your spouse has strayed from the marriage and has gone and had an affair, I'm sure if you would be honest with yourself and examine your marriage, there were areas where you maybe had been failing. Maybe there were areas where you saw that you were not praying for your marriage like you should be. You were not respecting your husband or husband, you were not loving your wife the way the Bible tells us to do so. Regardless of what happened, we all have to take ownership for our involvement. And my prayer is that the fruit of the spirit that is in Galatians 5 will be what overflows from you. Our prayer as a ministry is that your spouse will be so attracted to Jesus that they see in you that they will want to be home because they're so drawn to it. I know that you're weary. I know that some of you are facing long stands. I know that some of you are living under the same roof with a spouse and you have a front row seat day after day to their sinful lifestyle. But are you willing to fight the enemy for your family? It's time to kick the intruder out of your house. You need to let the enemy know that he's no longer welcome. I don't want to see another message from a person who writes us to tell us that they're giving up. I am so sympathetic when I see that because I know the despair that that person is in when they get to that point. And usually within a couple of days, we'll get another message from that same person that says, I didn't mean to say that. I'm fighting for this marriage. But you guys, I want you to get so mad at the enemy for what he's doing and for the havoc that he's causing that you are willing to stand on the front lines and tell the enemy that he needs to return to hell where he came from and he's not going to get your family. So if we're willing to do it for abortion and we're willing to do it for the kids that are in sex trafficking, we're willing to do it for the whales and people want to fight for the whales, why are we unwilling to do it for our own marriages? I don't want you to get discouraged when you read the Saturday testimonies and you see testimonies from people who are seeing victories in their marriage. I want you to be so encouraged when you read those that you say, God, you did it for them and I know you can do it for me. I want us to have so many testimonies coming in 
to this office that we can't even put them all on a Saturday, that we have to open it up and do more. I want you to see where God's moving in your life. And I want you to be willing to open your mouth and to praise him for it and to tell other people about it. I want you to be so steadfast and so resolved and so focused on the light of Jesus that you're not distracted by the things that are happening in your circumstances. You're not distracted by the fog. You're not distracted. You're not able to see what is around the corner. God knows he has gone before you. Psalm 139 is one of my favorite Psalms. And I want you to hear some of the verses from it. Starting in verse 13, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Jump down to verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God formed you. He knows everything about you. He knows where you're anxious. He knows where you're struggling. He knows what has happened in your family and his heart breaks for it. And he knows what tomorrow holds. And I'm begging you to lean into Jesus and to trust him. And don't let that intruder into your life to win in your marriage. Revelation 12, 11 tells us that the enemy is defeated by two things, the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony. Let me read it to you. It says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. God can use what the enemy wants to use to break you. God can use for his glory. He can use your story. The story that feels like it's going to mean the end of you is the story that can minister to people day after day. But you have to be willing to be a participant. You have to be willing to say, God, I'm with you. I know what your word says about marriage. I know how important my marriage is to you. And God, I'm sorry for what I've done to contribute to the demise of our marriage. But I am drawing a line in the sand today. And I am saying that I am fighting for my family. Are you willing to let the intruder come in? Or are you going to stand at the door and block him? It's time to be willing to stand up to the enemy and to stop playing the games that we're playing. It's time to be ready to defend your faith and to defend what you're doing in standing for restoration. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Continuing on in 16, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Listen, the price you're going to pay to stand for your marriage is great. I understand that. The price that Jesus paid on the cross was great. He gave his whole life for us. So he understands what's being asked of you. But if in the Bible, God says, I hate something, like he says in Malachi, I hate divorce. Why do we want to be any part of it? I heard one of my friends preaching recently, and he was talking about the armor of God. 
and you know it well if you've listened to any of our podcasts or read our Charlene Cares devotionals. It's something my mom talks about often. But if you don't know it, go to Ephesians 6 and start in verse 10 and read all of the elements of the armor of God. And what he brought up was something that I've never even given thought to. But he said that there's no covering for our backs in the armor of God because God never intended for us to run away from the battle. The tools that he gave us are to face the battle. And that literally just blew my mind because it's true. There's nothing in the armor of God that's covering our backs. We are to face the battle head on. And the way we can face it is because God is equipping us and he is with us and he is that light that I talked about in the darkness. That same speaker took us to a passage in Jeremiah and really it's something that I don't ever recall reading about in the Bible before. So I want to show it to you today. Jeremiah 12 is where we're going to go. And it talks about Jeremiah's complaints. How would you like to finally make it in the Bible and have your section be titled Jeremiah's complaints or Lori's complaints? I would be horrified, but that's exactly what we find in Jeremiah 12. He is full of complaints to God. He's asking God, why are the wicked prospering? Why do the faithless live at ease? Why are they having fruit grow and and take root? How long is the land going to be parched? He's going on and on in the first four verses, just full of complaints. And I'm so guilty of being that way with God. In verse five, God answers him. And it says, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? And I looked it up in the concordance and I tried to understand what that meant. And it basically means if you are complaining about what you've already been through, how are you going to handle when worse things happen to you. And my friend was saying, we need to be willing to run with horses. And I loved that phrase. Because God is not guaranteeing any of us that we're not going to go through the hard times. He's not always going to rescue us from the fire. Sometimes he will rescue us in the midst of the fire, like you've seen him do in the Bible. But we need to be willing to run with horses. We need to be able to run with horses. We need to be able to fight the intruder when he tries to come into our marriage. Are you willing? Are you willing to fight the enemy? Are you willing to do what's necessary to stand for your marriage restoration? Revelation twelve eleven tells us that the enemy is defeated by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. 1211, let me read it to you. It says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. God can use your story. That story that felt like it was going to break you is what God can use to minister to other people. But you have to be willing. You have to be a participant in it. And you have to be willing to stand up and say, I'm fighting for my family. And some of you right now are fighting for a a loved one that doesn't want to be fought for. Some of you are fighting for a spouse who says, move on. I'm over you. I don't want to come back. And it feels ridiculous. But God sees you. And time and time again, we've seen where it takes just the faithfulness of one person to start the process towards restoration. 
yes, true marriage restoration is going to take both of you. At some point, you both need to come together and say, we want to work on this marriage. But right now, while there's one spouse kicking and screaming and trying to fall into sin, that's when you could fight this by yourself. God created marriage. It is good. It is the image of Christ and the church. It's so important to him. And I want us to get to the point where it's that important to us, where we are willing to lay down our pride and we're willing to say, God, whatever you want me to do right now, I'm going to do it because you're going to get the glory. I want us to be so eternally minded that we are not going to get worn down like Jeremiah did. We're not going to be filled with complaints to God, but instead we're saying, God, I can run with those horses because I am steadfast in my resolve to pray for marriage restoration. Some of you need to stop looking at what your spouse is doing or has done and start looking inward. I talked about that earlier. Maybe it's time that you say, God, show me the way to healing, healing from things that have happened in your past, things that have happened in your childhood, things that are playing a role in your marriage right now and not in a healthy way. I'm sick of hearing about families that are falling apart and I want you to be sick of it also. I want this little corner of the world, Rejoice Marriage Ministries, each of you listening to this, to impact the kingdom through marriage. I want us to stop allowing divorce. I want us to stop nodding our heads that it's okay and to say, well, they deserve better. Yes, they deserve better, but that better can only come through Christ. And we need to face that fact. How can we say that we have faith for God to heal that loved one that we're praying for? And we have faith when we tell our friends, oh, I'm going to pray about that topic. Or we have faith when we say to our kids, God's going to be with you through that situation you're facing at school. But we have no faith when it comes to God's ability to heal our marriages. He is able to heal marriages. We see it every day. We hear about people that God has restored their marriage. He's restored their family and that he's brought about change and he could do it for you, but he's not going to do it if you back down from the enemy and let the intruder in your house. So you have to decide today, are you done allowing the intruder to come in? Let me hit on something hard that my dad always would hit on. Don't tell me that you're praying for marriage restoration, but you're dating because you're not standing for marriage restoration if you're dating. Don't tell me that you want your spouse back, but your best friend that you hang out with five nights a week is somebody of the opposite sex. You need to respect your spouse in this season when they're not in your home the way you would if they're in your home. I'm married to my husband for 24 years. And I would not tell Scott that four nights a week, I'm going to be on the phone with another man while he's sitting at home alone. It wouldn't happen. And so if it wouldn't happen when your spouse is living under your roof, don't allow it to happen when your spouse is gone. Live married. That's what my parents used to always say. Live married. And you know what that means for your life. Ask God to show you where you're not staying committed. 
what you are doing is going to impact generations to come. There was a testimony a few weeks ago from a woman who said her children have seen the benefits of what she has done in standing for her marriage to be healed. Now, her husband's not home yet, but through the changes that have come about in her life and it has trickled down to her children, they've been able to see it. And now they are on fire for Christ because of what they've seen their mom do. You guys, what you're doing is fighting for more than just one marriage. You're fighting for generations to come. You're telling your kids and your grandkids and their grandkids that there is a God who created marriage and there is a God who is capable of bringing about healing and restoration in that marriage. And we need to serve him and surrender our lives to him and let him remake us so that we can be the husbands and the wives that he's called us to be. There's a plan. There's a roadmap. We just have to follow it. So what pumps you up? What gets you excited? If you're somebody who likes to work out, what do you have to listen to to get the energy in the morning to do that workout, to run on the treadmill? What gets you excited to go do something? I want that to be what you put in front of you every day to have the resolve that you are going to stand and pray for marriage restoration. One of the things that gets me excited about marriage restoration is found right on our website, and it's called the Standards Affirmation. And if you go to our website and visit the resources, you can read this. But let me read this to you as we prepare to close. I am standing for the healing of my marriage. I will not give up, give in, give out, or give over till that healing takes place. I made a vow. I said the words. I gave the pledge. I gave a ring. I took a ring. I gave myself. I trusted God and said the words and meant the words in sickness and in health, in sorrow and in joy, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in good times and in bad. So I am standing now and will not sit down, let down, slow down, calm down, fall down, look down or be down till the breakdown is torn down. I refuse to put my eyes on outward circumstances or listen to prophets of doom or buy into what is trendy, worldly, popular, convenient, easy, quick, thrifty, or advantageous. Nor will I settle for a cheap imitation of God's real thing. Nor will I seek to lower God's standard, twist God's will, rewrite God's word, violate God's covenant, or accept what God hates, namely divorce. In a world of filth, I will stay pure. Surrounded by lies, I will speak the truth. Where hopelessness abounds, I will hope in God. Where revenge is easier, I will bless instead of curse. And where the odds are stacked against me, I will trust in God's faithfulness. I am a stander, and I will not acquiesce, compromise, quarrel, or quit. I have made the choice, set my face, entered the race, believed the word, and trusted God for the outcome. I will allow neither the reaction of my spouse, nor the urging of my friends, nor the advice of my loved ones, nor economic hardship, nor the prompting of the devil to make me let up, slow up, blow up, or give up till my marriage is healed. Amen. I hope that is your prayer today. Let's pray. 
God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the price you paid when you sent your son to die for us. I thank you for that gift of salvation that you've given us, for the forgiveness that we have because of your son. God, I pray that you would help us to extend that forgiveness to those who have hurt us. Lord, there's so many people listening to this who are just deep in the trenches of pain and of circumstances, and it feels like there's no way out. But we know that you are the provider. You are Elroy, the God who sees. And so, God, I pray that you would see them today. I pray that they would know that you see them, that you love them, that they would just feel your presence. Lord, I pray that you would help us to battle the intruder who's trying to come into our homes. We know that you are for marriage. We know that you created marriage. We know that your best is marriage. And so, Lord, I pray that where there needs to be forgiveness, you would help us to find forgiveness. Where there needs to be repentance and confession and brokenness, I pray that that would happen so that homes can be healed. Lord, I pray that you would send biblical counselors who could direct couples through the word to healing to those families that need it most. God, I pray that we would each have a resolve to battle the enemy for our families. We know that the enemy would love nothing more than to see marriages destroyed, especially marriages in the church. So God, we ask for your protection. Lord, I pray for those who are living at home with a spouse under the same roof, but they're separated in the home. And right now they've got a front row seat to what's happening. They've got a front row seat to some sin and some ugliness. And Lord, I pray for them today. I pray that you would give them the strength to face the battle. I pray they would put on that armor of God every day. They would be ready to face what they're going to see. Lord, we pray that you would demolish the relationships that have been started, that are ungodly, that are affair relationships. We just pray that they would no longer find pleasure in those sins. I pray that you would be with the spouse right now who is struggling with one foot in each world. They know you, God, and they know right from wrong, but they are running from you. I pray that you would just chase after them, that they would feel such conviction from the Holy Spirit of what they're doing that they would go running back to their spouse and say, let's fix this. Let's get this right. God, I pray for the children who are living in these homes who are so impacted by what their parents are going through. And Lord, I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would just cover them, that they would just be little warriors who are praying for their parents' marriage. Lord, I thank you for what it says in Revelation that we talked about today, that the enemy is defeated by your blood and by our testimony. So help us to be people who will share our testimony. Help us be people who are willing to tell others what you've done in our lives. And we know that the enemy is defeated because of that. I thank you for what you're doing in this ministry. I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of so many men and women who are surrendering to you and you are bringing about change in their life. And secondarily, you're bringing about change in their marriage. And I thank you for that. Lord, be with us today. I pray that you would just give us a resolve and a steadfastness to continue to battle. In your name, amen.
If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org. And help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.